Because the, we meet Prince Edward in the most, like, pandery to the female audience scene I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, they are in their bedroom. Stacy's in her pajamas, like, doing shit. And he is shirtless, putting a shirt on. Mm-hmm. And then spends the rest of the scene desperately trying to get that shirt back off. Because he is down to both. It's so <laughs> funny. And then Vanessa Ann Hudges is completely oblivious. She's like, oh, what else? Yeah, let's. I just want to talk about Margaret, my weird, like, <laughs> twin from another country. Let's talk about her. And he's like, I'm begging you. I need to nut today. Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm Layla. And today we're celebrating the holidays by switching our way through a pink Christmas and then making all the content we've talked about this year compete for our affections. Before we take a world tour of orphans, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot World Tour of Orphans was a phrase used in this movie, and um, holy shit, I'm so happy. I almost burst into laughter just now. I could hear it. Your camera's frozen, but I could hear it in your voice. Oh my god. Um, yeah. What an yeah. excellent, excellent line delivery uh, from Vanessa Ann Hutchins. Uh, yeah, who comprises, like, I don't know, two-thirds of the <laughs> cast of <laughs> Christmas Switch 2. Yeah, so that's where we'll start. Um, we watched Prince's Switch 2 switched again. <laughs> switched again, of course. <laughs> Which, is, um, the only reason I know about this motion picture is because uh, Casey Aonzo on YouTube made a video about it. And the moment she was like, yeah, Vanessa Ann Hudgens was both princesses and Princess Switched one and now she plays both princesses and her own cousin fiona in princess switched two i was like oh i think i have to watch this motion picture um and it was worth it i think i don't (laughs) listen i wouldn't say it's a good movie but like i did have a good time watching it kind of (laughs) yeah i mean it really like from moment one it really knows its audience which i appreciate because you get first of all you get the recap thank you thank you producers for the recap um producers by the way vanessa ann hudgens is a producer on this film um (laughs) she's every i'm surprised she wasn't the fucking sound designer like what the fuck she might have been i wasn't paying attention to the credits but um they give you this handy little animated um recap of princess switched one which neither of us have seen and i don't think intend to see nope um this moment can stay stay special but she's like, you probably remember me. And both of our notes just say, nope. <laughs> we don't. But thank you for this. I remember reminder. you from High School Musical. That was great. Uh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Vanessa Ann Hudgens plays um, United American Vanessa Ann Hudgens is Stacy and she's a baker. And then um, British Vanessa Ann Hudgens is... Um, Margaret. Oh my God, I, Margaret, right? Yeah. Yeah, Margaret. Margaret, 
And in the original movie, they switch lives and fall in love with each other's boyfriends slash betrotheds. And then additionally, in this movie, she plays Margaret's cousin Fiona, who is maybe the most diabolical fucking person I've ever seen. I mean, in my notes, I'm just like, oh, this is Team Rocket. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what she presents is is uh, she comes in with her two fucking henchmen, which <sighs> I love them. They're great. They kick ass. They're so, so stupid. The man is just unapologetically homosexual like they leave her in the middle of the christmas ball or whatever among a criminal amount of tinsel to go like sexy pose on the red carpet it was awesome (laughs) it was incredible um we haven't even gotten to them yet like the first like i don't know maybe 20 minutes of this movie is just set up and being like anyway so uk vanessa ann hudgens is having some trouble because she broke up with U.S. Vanessa Ann Hudgens' friend, who apparently they were, like, really close with. Um, and that sets up a whole, a whole sort of situation. So what does Stacy do but say, you know what, I know you broke it off after you guys have been dating for a while, but I'm actually <laughs> going to invite your ex-boyfriend and his daughter to your um, coronation as queen of, um, is it Montanaro or Belgravia? Which one? I which fake don't- country? I think, I think Mont, I think Belgravia is the country and Montanaro is the city. Okay, well, I mean, royalty's fucking stupid anyway, but <laughs> yeah, extra stupid because apparently this royalty has a dungeon. We'll get to that, but <laughs> it's so weird because Kevin and Margaret broke up off screen so that this plot, this movie has a plot. Mm-hmm. They were together at the end of Princess Switch, from what I understand, and then off screen, Margaret was too busy for Kevin, and they broke up. Meanwhile, Stacy is married to Prince Edward. Yes, um, yeah. So that make that makes her a queen, uh, which is wild. And also, she still continues to work in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a, yeah, she's so she's a princess now, and Margaret is about to become queen because her other cousin abdicated he was just like nah i don't actually want to be the most powerful person in this country in this teeny tiny fake country um yeah and so first of all can we just talk about this batshit prince and the pauper adaptation i mean Um, it's very good like i mean (laughs) listen i loved parent trap when i was younger right this is you know very similar premise um, except at the end of Parent Trap, they don't, you know, marry each other's parents, I guess. No, that would be <laughs> insane. No, um, I mean, this is, this is that, though. It's like, okay, but what if our, we switched partners, uh, and then ha- continued to go on and have, you know, completely fine relationships with each other? Well, is it fine? Because the disregard with which Stacy treats Prince Edward is fucking insane. Because if we meet Prince Edward in the most, like pandery to the female audience scene I think I've ever seen in my life like they are in their bedroom Stacy's in her pajamas like doing shit and he is shirtless putting a shirt on mm-hmm. and then spends the rest of the scene desperately trying to get that shirt back off because he is down too 
Bye! It's so <laughs> funny. And then Vanessa and Hudges is completely oblivious. She's like, oh, what else? Yeah, let's. I just want to talk about Margaret, my weird, like, twin <laughs> from another country. Let's talk about her. And he's like, I'm begging you. I need to nut today. <laughs> the nutcracker um it is <laughs> it is a batshit scene in which she she she's like oh, i'm so worried about margaret breaking up with kevin now that margaret's always become queen which i think is a completely reasonable breakup like if you're gonna become queen you're like hey man this cross-country relationship really isn't working for me so instead stacy busts into margaret's room one day and is like hey Remember how we switched lives? Let's switch again. But they don't tell Stacy's fucking husband. Husband! They are married! Also, <laughs> they've done this before, so it wouldn't be that surprising to him. He'd be totally fine with it if he was just like, oh yeah, I just want to know. But instead, he has to give a confession to his, you know, disguised wife about how he's worried that the relationship's deteriorating. And then the only person who pays any attention to him is Kevin's daughter, Olivia, who's just like, ah, oh, you're being kind of clingy man like what are we Which doing he isn't he's, he's not, not clingy at all and she like no one corrects him because at the end he even comes up to stacy and he's like i'm so sorry for being a helicopter or whatever and stacy's like what and he's like never mind i'm like no this man cares don't prevent him from caring fucking painful he wouldn't have cared but now he gets to live in anxiety for the rest of his life because at any given moment his ex-girlfriend and his fucking wife might switch places again <laughs> and not tell him shit's so wild <laughs> so um, but anyway so like you know they're trying to get uh uk vanessa um margaret back back in a relationship with kevin um but also her cousin, who is also Vanessa Ann Hudgens, rolls up and she's like, yes. I need money. How am I going to, you know, steal some money from my rich cousin? Oh, I know. I'll kidnap her, um, impersonate her, transfer some funds to my Cayman Island account, and, you know, I'll be gone. Cayman Islands doesn't have an extradition policy, which I thought was an incredible bit. Of what a line. <laughs> yeah, they just threw that in there. But, of course, they did a switchy thing. The two good people did a switchy thing, so that way... Margaret could spend more time with Kevin and get back together because they broke up for no reason whatsoever. They, like, they seem like they have great chemistry. They seem fine. They literally have a fight with Flower in the kitchen, like, as exes. Like, nah, y'all should, y'all should never have broken up in the first place, clearly. But anyway, she kidnaps American, um, you know, Vanessa Ann Hudgens. And my favorite part of that is the, uh, the gay, uh, henchman are, like, locking her in, in this, like, basement or whatever, and she's like, no, you don't understand, you've kidnapped the wrong person, you're all going to prison for so long, you're gonna, I'm gonna, do you know who I am? I have, I could have drones in the air in 30 minutes, and you <laughs> would all be fucking dead, you don't want to do this, trust me. <laughs> so there's a couple of lines in there that hint at the writers, like, going, this is what government sounds like. So the drones thing, the non-extradition thing, and then, like, Kevin's waiting for Margaret when they have, like, a scheduled date pre-switch. And he's like, hey, how did your meeting with the trade council go or whatever? And she's just like, oh, 
I spent six months studying deficit trade policy and no one's even- I'm like, man, that's a word salad. You have just served me a word salad with a Kevin Vinaigrette. I don't- It was like that scene in Parks and Rec where, it, like, uh, April and, and um, uh, whoever Chris Pratt plays, Andy, are just, like, at a party trying to be adults and they're like, the economy- <laughs> like that's what that scene read as to me it was so wild for no reason it was really just incredible um and i mean like There's... i get it <laughs> they're trying to set up that she's competent or whatever but like not using those words there's also a prime minister in this system so it's kind of like the uk but it's explicitly reason... the uk <laughs> But for some reason, the, the the coronation is done by a priest. Like, wait. Well, I think the coronation isn't the UK. I don't actually know dick all about the British monarchy, but I assume like they do, like you know, in in one of their fancy abbeys, like have like a Anglican you know pra- bishop oh, right, crown right, right, the queen right. or whatever. So because I assume their whole thing was to be head of the church and state, right? Yeah, yeah. So I assume it's you know they're just like. I, just why didn't they just do it as England? Why didn't they just make Vanessa Ann Hudgens Queen of England? Like I don't. Why did they invent a fake country for this? I think they were really trying to buy into the Christmas Prince and the um, uh, uh, uh Prince. Uh, I got Princess Diaries sort of vibe. You know, you Genovia. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason I wave like a princess of Genovia anytime I walk anywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is though. Like you're right. It just, they didn't lean hard enough into this being, like, a fictional country. And it was just so blatantly England that it just, the whole thing felt like it was taking place in an alternate reality that I did not understand. But in a kind of delightful way, except for the part where there was way too much tinsel everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, there's literally a line about Vanessa and Hudgens being like, oh yeah, my grandma knitted me a sweater out of tinsel once, which is a wild thing to say. And everyone knew it. And they're just like, why did you say that? And she's like, I'm quirky. I don't know. Um, She's quirky and trying to spy on Margaret, who is being hit on by Antonio, who is her evil chief of staff, who I hate. Antonio sucks shit and he's really funny because like at the end when he immediately figures out that the the evil cousin um is is impersonating her he's like okay I just want I just want money could you just like send me a couple cool mil because I grew up rich and now I don't have any money uh I'm only you know the chief of staff of the the person who is in charge of our government so I don't have any money obviously um, just, you know, I'll completely turn traitor for this wild, incompetent person that I met 30 minutes ago. Um, and then, like, my favorite part about that is, like, at the end, when they are revealed, when they all, all three Vanessa and Hudgenses converge <laughs> to make the fucking VAH singularity, um, he's like, he's like, oh no, yeah, no, that's not, this is the real princess, these two people are imposters, guards arrest them. Like, they could have extremely gotten away with it, except Vanessa Ann Hudgens, you know, from the US was like, nuh-uh. And then all the guards were like, oh, okay, well, I'm a cop, so I'm used to listening to civilians. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely hear you out and not try to shoot you on sight. Maybe, I don't know, it's the UK, so maybe they don't do that over there. But, like, it, <laughs> he could have gotten away with it too, but Antonio just didn't try hard enough. He's so stupid. That is so fucking dumb. He goes for the, the, the Vanessa Ann Hudgens 
who, by the way, on entrance, like, you can tell she's a villain because she's got blonde hair and bold makeup. She wears pants. There's red heels and a jazz riff plays anytime she's on screen. So that is objectively the most hilarious, like, filmmaking tonal switch I have ever seen. And it happens every time she's on fucking screen. She and it rules. delights me. Like, her, they make her completely, like, the most evil person imaginable. Like, she always messes up the name of the orphanage she's allegedly going to visit. Um, and then she's like, oh, I brought a gift for the orphans. And it's clearly, like, a toilet paper roll just wrapped in wrapping paper. Um, and then, like... <laughs> when she gets corrected in the orphanage thing, she just rolls her eyes and goes, oh, it's a world tour of orphans. <laughs> It's so funny. (laughs) Also, at some point, she says, I don't remember who she was talking to, but she says the word LOL, like, out loud, and the line delivery of LOL really just gets me. It's it's incredible. Um, My favorite thing is that she's just so unabashedly evil. Like, not only does she, like, try to take over a country... Instead of just, like, kidnapping her sister once she realizes the situation she's in. But also, like, there's a part where uh, Margaret and Kevin are about to get back together. And then Kevin rolls up and, you know, Fiona's taken Margaret's place. And she's like, oh, hey, Kevin, it's uh, not gonna work out. Anyway, bye. You better, you know, you better go to the airport real quick. Like, she didn't need to do that. There was, no. This was in no way necessary. She's like, I just want to be mean. <laughs> yeah, she's just like... She was practicing, before Kevin walked in, she was practicing off with their heads in the mirror. Bitch, who are you gonna execute? What's happening? Fucking Maleficent ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. Honestly, I also would, I want Vanessa Ann Hudgens as Fiona in that accent talking about her, just saying the word Ariana Grande, like, (laughs) as my text tone for the rest of time. Her line delivery as Fiona is Give that bitch an Oscar. She's earned it. Like, I don't... It's There's nothing else incredible. for me. Um, and then oh. at the end, I just really loved how, uh, you know, they're like, okay, we figured out Fiona's the actual imposter. And then she's like, oh, Mags, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't do this to me, right? And she's like, no, 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 she's doing this to Antonio. And she's like, Antonio's like, oh, you know, I was just joking when I tried to send you, you know, to get shot by our cops, by our fucking Swiss Guard ass cops. Um... And she's like, no, you're gonna spend, you're gonna, you're gonna think about what you've done. Guards, take him to the dungeon! (laughs) Which they actually apparently have, which rules. There's a dungeon, there's executions, uh, the whole thing's a thrill ride beginning. Santa Claus is canonically extant. Santa Claus was the cab driver, and Kevin had the most appropriate reaction he could have had, which is looked at him and gone, no, no way, and gone into the fucking airport where the bitchiest priest (laughs) did a shotgun wedding for him and the queen- that he had clearly no fucking time or patience for. He was just at, like, the Dunkin' Donuts kiosk, like, holy shit, I'm gonna miss my fucking flight. Ugh, the Cardinals are gonna murder me. Ugh, these fucking royals. Yeah, sure, whatever, you're married. Can I get on so I can start my in-flight movie? Like, oh my god. Kevin just, like, has had the ring for He months. had the ring and carries it around in his pocket. Why did they ever break up? I don't understand. Hey, I think me and you both both have this note, but before we uh, depart from the Princess Switch 2 Switched again, 
Um, I think you and I both have beef with this. Why does owning cats equate to loneliness? Yeah, honestly, fuck off. Like, um, Stacy, when she goes to meet Kevin in Chicago and try to convince her him to go crash his uh, ex-girlfriend's coronation, he's, like, in a sweatpant. He's in sweatpants and, like, a hoodie. And he's, like, at his job. And she's like, oh, Kevin, you're really... You're really hitting rock bottom. You you're wearing sweatpants and are trying to get a second cat. How just the lowest of the low. Kevin, the handsomest man in that movie. Oh, by far. By no far. one else was hot in that movie except for Kevin. No, Prince Edward, I would say, had a kind face. I I wouldn't I mean, say he was like hot, but I looked at him. I'm like, as a fictional man, I trust you. You know? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm a fairly uh, heterosexual person, so I looked at that guy and I was like, ah, he could be British royalty because he has a stupid, ugly face. I like, listen, you know I love an ugly man. That's true, um, you have a bad taste. Um, oh, well, speaking of bad taste. <laughs> Christ. Uh, what the fuck do you have against my boy Archangelo? He's such a douchebag! <laughs> oh my god! Archangelo fucks. So, this is a... This is a wild. Do you have anything else to say about Princess Switch 2 Switched Again? Um, yeah, if you are going to watch it, just watch the second one. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't watch the first one. Don't watch the first one. So we decided that since Princess Switch 2 Switched Again was a film, we would indulge in two uh, for this this, uh, holiday edition of Mortified the Friendship Quest. Aaron... Do you want to talk about, do you want to give a summary of uh, Neo Yokio's <laughs> Pink Christmas Christmas I can certainly try. Um, so this is the anime that Jaden Smith was in. That's all I knew about it going in. <laughs> um, which was very surprising to me when he developed superpowers 40 minutes through the episode. Uh, I was very surprised by that. Um, but apparently Jaden Smith is from a family of, I guess, demon hunters because they live in New York plus Tokyo. Um, and the uh, there were demons. The most problematic city in the world. The most problematic is. <laughs> yup. Um, and, like, I guess also in this society, there is a, like, top seven list of eligible bachelors that everyone's trying to fight to be on. And, you know, Kaz, Jaden Smith, is, is number two, and his arch nemesis is number one. Anyway, he's being read a Christmas story by his robot butler. <laughs> and, you know, this episode, you know, tries to talk about the plot of this Christmas story which follows a young store clerk who works at like a fancy store in Neo Yokio and how he becomes engaged to like the original great demon and destroys the world uh Akira style so um yeah that that's about what happens uh-huh um so just some context um the robot Charles is played by Jude Law I am pretty sure the old woman that lives inside the robot is Susan Sarandon. Yeah, hold on. You've seen the first, you've seen the actual show. Yeah. Is that, that happens in the actual show too. That's canon. That's a thing. You meet her. Um, And then Kaz is obviously Jaden Smith, but uh, Archangelo, or at least his singing voice, is Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend. This show was written by Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend. I mean, I I don't know. This is the fucking wildest show. And we watch shit like fucking <laughs> Princess Tutu and Shaman King on this program. Yeah. This one is on a completely other level. Like, 
Um, uh-huh. I mean, listen, he has a great singing voice. I, I actually liked the weird song that he did in the middle when he was like, I just want to get rich, but I'm going to get rich by, you know, abandoning material possessions. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rich based off of selling selling out a Christmas show at Radio City Music Hall that it preaches against uh, consumerism. Um, I have been on a two year tirade because I saw this when it came out. I have been on a two year tirade now that Friend Like You is not on Spotify or anywhere. I want to jam to Friend Like You. It's a it's a very good song. It's a Bop. Even with Jaden Smith, like, kind of half-assing it for most of it, because Kaz is supposed to be half-assing it. Like, it's like it, it's not that Jaden Smith is. Mm-hmm. He's full-assing a half-ass performance for the sake of the show. Uh, but it's a bop. Arcangelo, who, by the way, wants to fuck Kaz so bad it makes him look stupid. It's a lot. They're so horny. <laughs> yeah, Arcangelo loves Kaz so much, and Kaz hates his guts, and it's funny to watch um when he kisses him on the cheek i die every single time it's literally the funniest uh it's cinema masterpiece it's literally the funniest thing i've ever seen um but yeah so this this show is like just full to the brim of these like all-star actors and it like name drops gucci louis vuitton burger bergdorf goodman giant toblerones are plot points in both the original season and this christmas special like it is the most batshit insane thing I've ever watched and it delights me. It's, I mean, none of it makes any sense, but it's all very entertaining and, you know, I I dug it for that. I think I'm probably gonna have to watch the rest of the anime just, like, because, like, it was so fun and, like, obviously didn't, you know, care about anything except for just, like, having a good fun time. Um, you know, it wasn't trying to, like, get you to a deeper message besides just, like, you know, haha, corporations are evil and, you know, Jaden Smith with Superfires would be really funny. Um, uh, I really like The Clerk. The Clerk was one of my favorites. So fucking good. The Clerk was uh, the guy, he's, like, the lead from the IT crowd. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so bizarrely star-studded and it went completely under the radar. Like, I don't think it's getting a season, like, a real season two. Because it's been two years since Pink Christmas and I haven't heard heads or tails, but like, what a tragedy because their big PR stunt two years ago was, uh, so there's a subplot. Kaz goes, uh, Kaz has these two friends and uh, they make caprese martinis, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a tomato based martini with mozzarella (laughs) uh, and basil. And um, they capitalize on these by selling them, um, First bottled, and then they turn it into a media company, which is a wild pivot. Really good. Um, incredible. But their PR stunt in real life was to make Caprese Boys merch. And when you went to try to buy it, it started screaming that corporations were evil at you. <laughs> so I couldn't actually buy the Caprese Boys sweater I wanted, and by golly did I want it. Oh, that's such a tragedy, man. I, I mean, I appreciate Jen Smith's commitment to anti-consumerism, but I mean, there's like a line in this where it's just like, listen, we, we gave up on the canned martinis, you know, we gave up on promoting our product. All we want is for people to love a brand. It doesn't matter what the product is. At the end of the day, people just want to take a picture with a logo. And I was like, I love that. And then also Archangelos, fuck material goods! <laughs> fuck material, material goods! goods. <laughs> 
Because, okay, so, like, basically the opening conflict and where this, um, this, uh, sales clerk comes in, who, by the way, does not have a, he refuses to give his name. His name is Herbert. Everyone calls him an, a herb and an herb. And nobody knows, like, he can't put two and two together that they're insulting him and not just shortening his name. <laughs> but he refuses to give his name to, um, Kaz. And, like, the whole premise of the opening of this special is that the the leaderboard of these bachelors have this competitive secret Santa event, which is incredible on every level of writing, comedy, concept. And Kaz has Archangelo, who, again, he hates. And he's, like, shopping for a gift, and he says Archangelo's name, and Archangelo, like, walks in with a flourish. And as soon as I see him, I'm like, I love you, fucking idiot. Uh, but then once Archangelo leaves, the store clerk is like, like he, he presents himself as like a shopping knight. Like he kneels. He and literally he's like, says, I, I pledge myself to you, my liege. <laughs> it rolls. <laughs> I pledge myself to you, my liege, for this, the sport of competitive gift giving. Um, and he finds like a dope watch and everything, but like, it's so fucking funny because they go to this event and like it's televised and it's so tense and so insane. And Kaz like presents this dope watch that the store clerk found that's from Archangelo's ancestor. It's like this whole thing. And he slides it over and Archangelo's like, no. <laughs> this is consumerist bullshit. Instead, I have for you a song. And, and a hashtag sings. also. <laughs> yeah, hashtag, hashtag ACC. Uh... Yeah, so that's where this whole thing goes insane because then Archangelo spends the rest of the thing trying to get Kaz closer to him because, again, he's in love with Kaz. Like, he calls his Aunt Agatha to be like, hey, I need security. Is Kaz available? And Aunt <laughs> Agatha's like, hell yeah, he is on Christmas Day. It's triple R rate. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, meanwhile, the store clerk uh, bands together with uh, a demon oldest time. Because uh, Archangelo ruined Christmas because nobody showed up to Bergdorf Goodman on December 24th. Yeah, um, it's it's really good. I also feel so, oh my god, like, uh, the clerk gets fired by fucking uh, Bergdorf-chan, which is basically just <laughs> like Hatsune Miku, but, you know, your CEO, which <laughs> was really funny. And she's like, we're gonna miss you so much. Ah! It was like, you know... It was really funny. What does he say? He's like, I hope my departure doesn't hurt your profit I would margins. hate for my salary to jeopardize your profit margins. <laughs> so good. So good. And then, oh my man, like, at some point, Kaz, another, like, plot point is that Kaz, because his, not his aunt Agatha, his other French aunt hid the manuscript of her memoir in a giant Toblerone, and he reads it, and it includes a family tree, and he's like, is it true? We're descended from demons? And then his other big point was, oh, no wonder I love Balenciaga. I'm part Spanish. <laughs> what? Just, just wild. Anyway, um, at the end of the thing, the demon guy tells Agatha to kill him, and she does, and uh, all of Neo Yokio is consumed in pink foam, and it, um, it's interesting. <laughs> Including my boy Archangelo and the most baller watch. Not Archangelo's great, 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 great grandfather's watch. No, the fucking Domino's Pizza Rolex. (laughs) (laughs) 
I forgot about the pizza Rolex. <laughs> it's given to all the best branch managers. <sighs> Incredible. Clark goes, what a thoughtful company, and bursts into tears. <laughs> And then at the end, when they're pulling out, he's uh, Cass is like, "Hey Charles, what the fuck, man?" Uh, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and then they're asking, "So like, uh, Charles is like, well, he's like, why did you destroy Neo Yokio?" And he's like, "Was it destroyed or was it restored?" <laughs> and it's like, that's a wild. This is a wild premise for a Christmas episode, but I was I was very into it and I loved it, and I'm glad that you introduced me to this wild bonkers show. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it's this Akira-ass ending, but the thing we hated about Akira is that it was just, like, gritty and grimdark for no- for, like, grimdark's sake. Mm-hmm. This was just wild. Yeah, this is- yeah, if if the babies had- and Akira had stopped and tried to sell me, like, a Pizza Hut-themed watch, like, maybe I would have- we would have oh. released that audio, but- Oh, I would fuck with that movie so hard if there was just as much bread. Like, I like- I, I can't imagine they got all the copyrights, because the logos weren't the logos, they were just name-dropping brand names, like, oh, it was- there's a Louis Vuitton, uh, uh, um- just window display at one point where uh, the shorts on one of the mannequins was a drum. I'm like, who fuck the galaxy brains that went into this? Anyway, <clears throat> watching Yokio and then watching Yokio uh, Pink Christmas. Oh, all right, Layla, it's time. Is it? I think so. All, all right, right. Here we fucking go. As we mentioned before, um, you know there. There are, you know, some episodes we haven't released. Uh, so this is actually our 33rd episode we are releasing this year. Um, but the previous 32, if you'll notice, create a perfect bracket. Uh, and I <laughs> I love um, fucking, like, game of the year content uh, at the end of the year. So what I wanted to do was create sort of a mortified episode of the year um, bracket for me and Layla to discuss. So we've got... Uh, you know, 32, 32 episodes, which is, uh, you know, 16 pairs, which will, you know, March Madness style get closer and closer until we have a final winner and we will declare the best, uh, the mortified episode of the year. Uh, so we're going to go through those. Um, I uh, will tell you, Layla, when I did my own personal bracket, I factored in the fact that it was not just the content, but the episode of Mortified uh, that we recorded on it. So um, I think we should keep that in our, in our uh, you know, thoughts when we when we are ranking these things um i also should point out for people who uh, care about this sort of thing this is not a seated bracket we didn't take like you know best versus worst this is completely random so uh it might not you know be exactly the the kind of show you're looking for but i think it will be interesting (laughs) so um let's start with the the round one at the left side and then go to round one at the right side and we'll just keep on moving closer uh do you have any questions before we begin layla was I supposed to make a personal bracket? No, I just did that because I got bored one day. Oh, because you're a dweeb. Okay, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so round one, we have Code Lyoko versus Zatch Bell slash Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> oh, you're asking me to remember things. Um, well, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, so in my personal one, uh, I think I put Code Lyoko more um, just because I thought that um, Odd is canonically a cat boy. <laughs> it should be... <laughs> Uh, the tagline for our show. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think we, I think our best Yu-Gi-Oh content actually came out of the anime hair special. Yes, and was yes, absolutely. Entirely by Michael. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's advance Code Lyoko. No. 
All right, round two, uh, Burning God Feelings cast. We, we've separated the Burning God ones into two episodes. And Abzu plus Journey. Uh, for me, it's definitely Abzu and Journey. Yeah, same, for sure. Not Nothing against our Feelings cast, but uh, Abzu and Journey are just remarkable games. Uh, but, you know, I did enjoy the Feelings cast, and I loved being able to be like, hey, we got an arc. Can you believe that, Layla? We got an arc of we the Burning fight. God this year. That happened this arc. year. The heaven is this insane. Also, um, uh, Abzu is currently on sale on the Epic Game Store for like four or five bucks or something like that. You should go play it. Absolutely. Um, next up, Shaman King versus Legally Blonde movie and musical. Um, this as is much tough. As, I mean, honestly, I think it, it's got to go to Legally Blonde. I love Shaman King. Um, I thought it was a wild time. We talked about some wild uh, shit in my past. Um, and it, it did result in me getting a keychain from you. But yeah. I, I do think that Legally Blonde, uh, you know, is a little bit better quality. So I'm willing to advance that if you'd like to. Yeah, I, sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, if, uh, that's a, if you've been listening to Mortified for a minute, there's the reveal. Because I think on air, I was like, I bought you something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ruled. Um, <laughs> and I still use that keychain to this day. Um, this one's so. a tough one. Kipo Season 1 and 2 versus Kill a Kill, our first episode. Um... I honestly, I think the first like 10 episodes were very much us finding our voice. So Mm -hmm. I would just say Kipo. Yeah, I would say so too. Not, not, I think that if our episode had been better, I think Killical would have had a much better chance. But again, Kipo uh, is, is very high up in my own personal rankings. So yeah, we were, it took us a minute to to figure out how to, how to, how we wanted to talk to each other for other people's listening pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. Also just talk to each other because I think we had never spoken (laughs) before, you know, which is wild. Yeah. Which is, yeah, we've been friends for years. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, next up six of crow and mean girls slash Heathers. I think it's got to go to mean girls just for, uh, conscience. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to push back on this one, uh, because I loved our shitty, terrible, um, thief sons. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, sorry. I'm confusing it with, I'm confusing it with the Steel Crow Saga. Yeah, no, I agree. Six of Crows. Okay. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, six of Crows. Um, there's Empire of Gold versus the Naruto Live Spectacular. Oh. Do you remember that shit? <laughs> God, the episode that was conceived in an hour and recorded in the next. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um... I, you know what? I gotta say Naruto Live Spectacular. What do you think? Okay, in mine I had Empire of Gold because S.A. Chakraborty is incredible, but I'm willing to entertain, I'm willing to entertain your counter-argument. I just think that we, so Empire of Gold, I think we agree we love the City of Brass trilogy just like as a whole. It's, I think, collectively one of our favorite books that came out this year. But, um... Our episode on it was a lot of that, but the Naruto Live Spectacular, I think it's the magic in it, because it did have a live-action anime opening, and as much as I love Asai Chakraborty, she has not delivered that to us yet. Yet. Well, you know what? That's something to aspire to, uh, Miss Chakraborty. Um, while advanced Live Spectacular. Thank you. <laughs> um, fuck, the next one is Galavant and Boruto. <laughs> you had such a bad time during Gal. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote Boruto. I'm gonna vote Boruto too because that was really the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast was to make you watch oh. Boruto and talk to me about it. Look um, how far we've come. Yeah, that was. I think that was when we learned that 66 episodes of television was was too, <laughs> too much. much yeah, um, but I will say I was glad you made me watch Galavant because it just gave me a real deep understanding of Alan Menken's psyche. <laughs> 
Yeah, please watch that self-referential wild, <laughs> wild television show. Shit's crazy. Um, Harrow the Ninth and the anime hair special episode. I think we were too raw for Harrow. I think we should have sat on it for a couple more days because I like that book a lot more in retrospect than I did during the time of the recording of that episode. I don't know. I think some hair. I, I, I'm going to vote for anime hair, I, but I do think that I, I, I feel okay about how rough we were to hair of the night. There's some unforgivable meme moments in that book. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, Tess and Weir, we love you, but <laughs> the memes were a lot. Yeah, uh, you know what? We'll, 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 we'll swing back to Electo and we'll, we'll see if you can recover. No. Uh, now on the right side of the bracket, we've got Steel Crow Saga and Kipo Season 3. Easy, Kipo. I mean, this is this is an easy one. Um, you know, I did love Steel Crow Saga so much. Um, and, uh, you know, it would be probably in my top four if it wasn't for uh, the fact that the uh, author sucks shit. Uh, sorry about that one, y'all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <sighs> shit's hard out here. But, yes, Kipo Season 3 advances. Um, next one, this will be an interesting one. Stargazing and Princess Tutu. Hmm. I don't really remember what we said about either one, but I feel like Princess Tutu was funnier. Princess Tutu is almost certainly funnier because just I was just like moaning constantly. <laughs> you had such a bad time. Um, you know, I like stargazing more than Princess Tutu, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, the, you know, just that, the, and also we talked about Dressmaker, but like, I think that story of like, you know, an immigrant um, trying to find her way, like that diaspora kind of story, that ruled. Um, but as far as our episodes go, <laughs> I think the suffering that I got out of Princess Tutu is better. I'm glad you, I'm Princess glad you agree. Tutu. Oh, next one is Hades and Gundam Seed slash DBZ. Oh, fuck me. That's hard because we kind of suffered through Gundam. And uh, uh, DBZ did remind us that Goku's a great dad. Mm-hmm. But Hades fucks. Hades fucks. I mean, I did love talking about our terrible, terrible sons in Gundam and um, just our incredible bad, our, our great slash idiot dad in DBZ. Um, but we'll, we'll advance Hades because, uh, we'll have lots to say about that. Next one is Gideon the Ninth versus the Burning God slash Scorpio season. Two book ones. That's tough. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, let me check what I put on my bracket. Um, I, you know, advance Burning God just because I love, um, I mean, RF Kong's my favorite author. Um, and, you know, Gideon the Ninth, again, was one of our, our earlier episodes where we were, you know, trying to have a little bit more intellectual conversations as opposed to just, uh, you know, laugh at stuff, um, which not not saying that we can't do both. But, um, you know, we I think multitudes. I, yeah, I also just liked, you know, being like, hey, here's a couple of things that we love. But also Burning God Scorpio season suffers from, you know, being at the end of like kind of a rough several weeks <laughs> for both of us. Yeah. You can really feel the election depression mm-hmm. in Burning God Scorpio. You know what, though? For the sake of Scorpio season containing Breath of the Wild, uh, which I objectively love, I'm going to vote for that one. Okay, very good. I um, can't remember what we said about Gideon the Ninth. Holy shit. Um, we talked a lot about, you know, the the great world building and, you know, the relationships between characters and all of the, the stupid necromancers. I mean, I will say that I like Gideon the Ninth enough to, like, start writing a book about necromancy. Um, so, like, you know, we yeah. dunk on Tamsin Muir, but, like, I really like that that so, that sort of thing. So, um, you know. Lovingly dunk. Lovingly. Yes. 
Um, next one was our boy problems game and over the garden wall. Oof. Uh, oof. Hmm. I really loved boy problems. I, I boy problems one for me. Um, we'll talk about why later. I mean, I did like over the garden wall. I love, I love how much you love that terrible school teacher and her uh, gorilla husband. <laughs> You know me, though. I have bad taste. Yep. You know, you can't win them all. Um, let's nope. boy problems advances. Uh, I am smart and a snack, and I have terrible taste. <laughs> uh, Gretzko versus Artemis Fowl. Oh, Artemis Fowl for fucking sure. <laughs> That's what I thought so, too, just because of all the screaming we did about... God. <laughs> Josh Gad's bad draw? Yeah. Um, but, to, you know, to send off a Gretzko... Again, really loved that conversation about, you know, just trying to make it survive in a capitalist hellscape is very relatable. Uh. Uh, <laughs> next one is um, Smoke and Mirrors plus Haikyuu. <laughs> I think it's Haikyuu. I mean, it's obviously Haikyuu, but, uh, you know, let's real quick about Smoke and Mirrors. This was when I was like, I need Layla to know the kind of person I am. If we're going to continue this podcast, she needs to be able to handle my own bad taste. Um, I will also, you know, defend Imagine Dragons to the death still. I I mean, I would like to point out that um, if you follow us on Twitter, which is, I think, two people that listen to this podcast, probably, who are maybe the only two people who listen to this podcast, but um, we did share our... uh, uh, Spotify wrapped for the end of the year, and I am in the top 1% of listeners for Bastille, and that did concern Aaron until I pointed out that Bastille is essentially Imagine Dragons that took a couple of slam poetry workshops next to an orchestra, so. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, I'm not. Oh, and the last round for, uh, the last matchup in this round is Teen Titans slash Yu Yu Hakusho versus Inuasha. I think we have more fun talking about Teen Titans. I That's the thing. Teen Titans was really fun to just uh, do that nostalgia trip. I know you love Inuasha. And I, you know, I am glad that you made me watch important episodes and expose me to that. Like a lot of this project has just been like you being like, hey, here's something you should know about. And I was like, oh, great. I'm actually like smarter for having consumed this just so I can have conversations in media about it. So I am very grateful that we did Aww. watch, um, you know, Inuasha. Especially because it helps me know you more as a person. <laughs> yeah, I might. Oh, we didn't even get to my husband in Inuyasha. Uh, the, the dumb wolf lesbian. Anyway, round two. <laughs> round two, going back to the left side. Code Lyoko versus Apsu and Journey. I mean, let Yumi say fuck. Uh, but I, Abzu and Journey, I cried. So, I mean, I'm going to go with that one. I think so, too. Abzu and Journey is, is just a very good game. Code Lyoko, though, I mean, I... Ugh, it's just such a wild show with children with such wide foreheads. <laughs> Let Yumi say fuck! Oh, uh, give it up. Um, Legally Blonde vs. Kipo Season 1 and 2. Ooh, also tough. Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, I mean, for me, it's Kipo because I love Kipo so much, but I'm willing to hear your Legally Blonde arguments. Uh, I love Legally Blonde so much, but I think we had more fun talking about Kipo. Uh, yep, I would agree. But to send off Legally Blonde again, just like, like both like a pretty good musical and also you know a classic movie. Um, we we have to stand absolutely. We do, uh, and you know I I think some of my favorite episodes are both the ones where I cause you immense psychic damage, <laughs> but also the ones where you're just openly delighted by something, and I think Kipo did that. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's kind of, that's the two options in this show. Either <laughs> lots of fun or hurt Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I've dealt you, I've dealt you a lot of um, constructive psychic damage. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> um, next up, Six of Crows and Naruto Live Spectacular. Oh, I think Miss Bardugo has this one for me. Yeah, I mean, again... Love the Naruto spectacular. That anime opening is is hard to beat. Um, you know, but it did sort of drag at the end. Whereas Six of Crows only got wilder and wilder, <laughs> and it did contain more awful suns. So Six of Crows advances. I love I love a good awful sun ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, Boruto versus anime hair. I think it's anime hair. I think so too. Um, again, I haven't left that heart all year. Yeah, no, you you literally almost died because Michael <laughs> almost gave you an asthma attack. Um, but you know, Boruto, I you know, I'm glad that me and you were able to talk about it because I just wanted to talk about Sasuke Uchiha's incredible daughter and how much of a shitty dad he is. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is my Inuyasha equivalent for you. Like, I think mm-hmm. I, it's important that I watched it and I help me get to know you better yes absolutely uh left uh right side kipo s3 versus princess tutu there is oh, it's kipo. no question no, no fucking question kipo she's got us yep. yum loans you yarn <laughs> yum loans you yarn uh but i'm again this is another one where it's like this this helps me understand who you are as a person um, you know, it, I, I got through your, your i made you listen to an imagine <laughs> dragons album you made me watch princess tutu i'd say <laughs> We're not even, no, because Imagine Dragons was one hour and Princess Tutu was like 18. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I did listen to the album multiple times while I cleaned my house. Okay, that's, you know what, I'll take it. Um, Mad props to Duck and her inability to pick any good friends. No, none. None whatsoever. Uh, Next up, Hades versus The Burning God and Scorpio season. Tough! Ooh, God. I mean, The Burning God is a good fucking book. Um, Scorpio season was fun, but Hades is a real, literally the only roguelike that I've ever liked, liked to play. And I think we had a lot of fun talking about it. I mm-hmm. think the way you play Hades says a lot about you as a person, and I think we made some discoveries. Yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Hades up there. But again, um, please, please, I'm begging you, read the Poppy War trilogy, follow Rebecca Kwong on Twitter, um, She's it'll be an cool. incredible, incredible use of your time. Um, ooh, next up, Boy Problems and Artemis Fowl. I'm gonna say Boy Problems. I mean, again, yeah, Ange did some real incredible work there. (laughs) Um, Shout out, shout out to my friend Ange, who, did you see what he texted me last night? No, was that him? That was him! So he texts me last night in, like, the middle of the night. So it's, he lives in California, so it's it's 10 o'clock for him, and it was 12.30 for me, and I was still up, because I was up to six in the morning last night but uh he texts me uh he's like hey there's a weird amount of Yu-Gi-Oh content on my feed and it's not from you and at one point i had to explain to him what Yu-Gi-Oh was actually about and he just goes no (laughs) (laughs) and then he watched three episodes and then at the end of the night he texts me he's like i feel like i'm being punished for something and goes to bed (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he should be thanking you. Yu-Gi-Oh! is an incredible program. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. He's a great He's a great guy. Oh, great. incredible. Um, Haikyuu versus uh, Teen Titans and Yu Yu Hakusho. I feel like 
feel like Haikyuu just for the, the good boy ratio. Haikyuu, yes, has incredible boys, great characters. Um, again, like, I love talking about Teen Titans and Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, because I had watched Teen Titans, I recognized the Cyborg's voice actor who is apparently in Latter Days, that gay oh. Mormon rom-com. That Cyborg is in it, which is incredible. Oh, right, because you guys would refuse to refer to him as by his name. It was just yes. Cyborg. <laughs> yes, his name is Cyborg. Uh, but Haikyuu, Haikyuu is, is superior. All right. Semifinals. Uh, we're on to the semifinals. Uh, Abzu and Journey versus Kipo season one and two. Oh my god. I'm gonna vote Abzu because I love talking about the human condition. Uh, here's the thing. I think it's gotta be Abzu too. I fucking love Kipo. I love the Scarlamane arc. But we also have Kipo season three, which, you know, is is a little bit cheating, but it does capitalize on all the other stuff. Exactly. Um, plus, I got to play Journey for the first time, which you recommended, and that was 100% worth it. Um, so, so I will... So good. Abzu plus Journey. Um, Six of Crows and Anime Hair. Oh. That's a tough one. Damn. I don't know what's your gut saying. Oh. I mean, I don't know. I laughed really hard at both of those. Um, Shit. God, it's... You know what? I'm going to make an argument for Six of Crows, and here's why. Okay. I think Michael was hilarious, but if this is a bracket of, like, best Mortified episodes, like, Six of Crows is, I think, some of the most fun me and you had together, which is kind of the crux of the show. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I think adding Michael... Um, yeah, not, not to you know be rude to michael but that that sort of gets a little bit it, it it's cheating adding michael is like taking steroids in this bracket you know, uh, I, mean, I aspire to michael's confidence in all things i mean uh, i do so. too uh that's why i try to talk to him at least once a week and just leech his energy <laughs> um but yeah i do think six of crows was just so fun like i had to like i tried to mainline that book in one day and then i was like layla please just give me your audible account <laughs> I can't do this without playing video games. And then, like, the last four hours would just be like, oh, wow, these boys continue to be terrible. <laughs> okay. So um, bad. Yeah, all right, Six of Crows. Um, but again, the anime hair episode is absolutely one of our best episodes, and you should listen oh, to that. Oh, 1,000%. Never laugh harder in my life. All right. Uh, semifinals on the other side. Kipo S3 and Hades. Oh my god. Ooh. Ah, it's gotta be Kipo. I mean, yeah, unfortunately it does have to be Kipo. I mean, Hades is probably my game of the year. Um, just because I love not only, like, an actual fun roguelike that's fulfilling and, you know, interesting to play, but, uh, the characterization and all the stories, it, it keeps going on and on. Um, super giant, please. Get your cross saves over. I want it on Switch. I'll give you more money, I swear. So bad. So bad I want it. I, I already own it on Switch. I'm ready for the cross save to drop. <laughs> yeah, this game gave me Thanatos. So, I mean, absolutely goatee for me. Um, yes, but uh, Kipo, we will talk about Kipo S3 in a bit. Uh, but Kipo advances. Boy problems and Haikyuu. Hard. I think for the same reason that I voted for uh, Six of Crows, I'm going to vote for Haikyuu because we did add other people. I think that's fair if we're using that metric, yeah. Just having Sierra and uh, Ange on was really, really fun. And again, thank you to both of them for, for indulging us in our project. Um, you know, uh, R.I.P. Definitely... Sorry, keep going. Here I was going to say, R.I.P. to Bubble Cousin, who almost shit himself <laughs> after <laughs> after eating nachos. That was I... great. <laughs> I do love Bubble Cousin. Uh, we should play another tabletop this year. 
yeah no definitely we'll we'll have to make that room on that for the schedule um but haikyuu advances all right final four Whew. abzu and journey versus six of crows oh, oh fuck oh that's a tough my gut is saying Absu and Journey because I think in my personal bracket that one was was in my my final matchup. Um, yeah. my, my arguments are I fucking love fish. Great, uh, great fish. You can befriend a shark and also a little robot thing. Um, and then you can, you know, Journey is just such a rhythmic dance of motion and pleasure and, you know, I just, I haven't had an experience in, in a game where, like, the one in Journey where you, like, die, you, like, you're you, your energy runs out and you get cold and die. That was incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you, but not without giving uh, uh, my terrible, terrible son, Kaz, Kaz Brecker, Brecker, a sandoff. Uh, um. <laughs> we love you, Kaz Brecker. He is 17 and apparently a whole city is afraid of him. I love that energy. <laughs> Please keep bringing it. He's oh. incredibly goth and... Um, angsty and wonderful and has a cane and honestly i couldn't ask anything more out of a shitty edgy teenage boy the poor press have to pay respects uh, oh. we're, 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 we should we should talk about the sequel because i haven't read it yet maybe that'll be something in the next year oh shit yeah that's a good one to put on i love cricket kingdom i'd love to revisit that yeah i'm, I'm excited to see where that goes um hippo s3 versus haikyuu for me it's no question I think another beautiful send-off for my sons, uh, Kageyama and uh, Hinata. You guys are great. Hinata, sunshine, baby. Inspire, honestly, like, Haikyuu inspired me to work harder this year. Um, like, I was truly in, like, a really bad art rut, and it got me out, and it made me, like, a noticeably better artist in the last couple of months, and uh, um, Kageyama, again, just my angsty, horrible fucking nerd ass son who had to learn how to high five i love you both thank you for everything uh kipo though um you know press f to pay respects to kagayama and hinata but also press f to pay respects to uh yumyun yeah we'll talk about that here um again like haikyuu thank you so much for introducing it to me like that's a show that we are me and sierra are now watching the, the first season of because like if she, you know, we, we've come to an arrangement where I'll watch a Doctor Who and she'll watch a Haikyuu. And, like, I'm just trying to get her very slowly into the weeb zone. And, you How know, is she liking Haikyuu? You know, I'm, I am I don't know 100%, but I think she, you know, she appreciates it. I don't know that she's ever going to be 100% on board with anime, but I think she does, like, see what I like about it. And, you know, understands why the tropes and, you know, that, that sort of thing are appealing to me which is important in a relationship, I think. It is. It is important in a relationship. Well, congratulations on your journey. Uh, all right. Speaking of journeys, Abzu and Journey versus Kipo, S3, the final matchup. I mean, let's just talk about the... Let's talk about both episodes first. Um, Abzu and Journey was a delightful time for all the reasons that you mentioned. And, like, I, I also said earlier, I just love talking about, like, the human condition. So I think it was really nice to... Because you and I look for different things in games. Um, not necessarily, like... Like, we'll like the same thing for different reasons. And I think this was, like, a really neat cross-section of, like, uh, user experience and just, like, pure visual joy for you. And, like, 
not only pure visual joy, but just like looking at low poly games from a technical standpoint and uh, just looking at the artistic achievement of it and this experience of like research and music and visuals. So um, I think those were really great things for us to talk about. And again, I did cry. Shout out to that one YouTube commenter who was like, I cried with you. I'm like, hell yeah, bitch. Me and you. <laughs> yes, thank you so much um, for, for commenting on our videos. Um, yeah, I mean, I really loved that, that experience of being able to talk about Journey and Abzu. And um, we're absolutely going to have to play the Pathless once it you know becomes cheaper yes. because that's the new um, Giant Squid game. Um, you know, I've heard nothing but good stuff about that. So we'll definitely have to check that out. The Kipo episode has some advantages because not not only does it have Kipo the weight of Kipo season one and two behind it, but also it's it's you know we consumed it more frequently. But I Kipo is my media of the year. Um, I yeah, I think it is the funniest thing I've ever watched. I think that the characterization is incredible and the story arcs are well well thought out. It is not very long, you know, it doesn't get overdrawn, and it. it it made me like literally weep for a giant lumberjack cat, like sobbing uncontrollably at my desk. Like, I yeah. keep on the Age of Wonder Beasts is <laughs> my favorite media of of this year, certainly, and possibly all time. Uh, like, it, it is so hard for me to you know to to beat anything. I mean, to be fair, Abzu and Journey are like one of my favorite video games of all time. But I think, you know, it, it is so hard to compete with, with something that's just a masterwork like Kipo. I know. I Yeah, Abzu and Journey, I think, are, are both very dear to me. I would say Journey is probably one of my top five games of all time. Abzu, I think they occupy the same slot just because they're kind of thematically similar. Um, but, yeah, I got to give it to Kipo. It's, uh, what a show. What a show. I love children's media. So um, I thought this was just a triumph. Absolutely. Um, so you heard it here first, folks. Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast Season 3 is Mortified's The Legitimacy Quests. Nope, that's what we said at the beginning. <laughs> Mortified The Friendship Quests. Um, media uh, of the year. Um, we will be sending a, our trophy to the offices of uh, DreamWorks Studios. Um, I'm sure they'll, they'll look forward to it in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know... Just on a personal note, this is this is the end of Mortified season one. Um, you know, I think we we've come to an understanding that we're going to continue this this project. Um, you know, even even when quarantine is you know hopefully blessedly coming to an end. I uh, please, I miss people so much. I you know I love I wish that <laughs> I wish that this project had you know you know I wish we weren't in quarantine still like we were at the beginning of this project, but. Um, if, if anything, yeah. you know, if anything good ha- has come out of this project, it has been me reaching out to my internet friends and being like, I don't have any real friends in real life. So could we be internet friends? Um, so I want to say, you know, reviewing all this media, having all these conversations, I just want to say thank you to you, Layla. This has uh-huh. been so fun and I've been exposed to so much more stuff than I would have normally. So, um, you know, wherever this project goes, even if we end up, you know, bailing halfway through January, uh, thank you for spending your time with me and, you know, having these conversations. It has been very meaningful in a, in a very difficult year. Yeah, no, uh, right back at you. Honestly, uh, 
I was delighted when you reached out because I mean the original premise was just like a one-off thing and then I was like hey what if we just like I don't know talk every week (laughs) for homework because (laughs) quarantine makes one very lonely Mm -hmm. um but no this has been a delight it's been great getting to know you better and I feel like uh if not for this podcast I would not have been able to just like go back to reading um I do better when I am assigned things with a time limit so it's really been nice to to get back into not only reading books I genuinely enjoy but like reopening my uh my eyes to like reading books that i enjoy but maybe aren't perfect and there's no like there's like a lot less pressure in in, um consuming things and 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 enjoying media that i normally wouldn't have and um you're a delight to talk to every week and i have fun laughing and and uh uh you know just immersing myself in, in these nerdy ass conversations that uh you know, a handful, I think of like 30 other people now tolerate across the internet. So. Do we really have 30 regular listeners? I don't know about regular, but there's... Uh, 30 people do. have listened, which, you know what, I'll take. <laughs> yeah, this is a great time. We're going to be off for two weeks. Um, uh, so, you know, we'll be back in January. We're going to um, we're gonna talk about what we're going to do. This is a great time to tell your friends uh, about our great, great episodes. We did just rank them. So, you know. <laughs> yeah i'll i'll put i'll put this image on on the internet if you want to actually see what our final bracket is hell yeah we'll tweet it uh you know but this is a great time to to tell people sign up for a newsletter etc 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 um and uh you know hopefully we'll see you guys in the new year uh this has been a delightful time and even if it's just us speaking into the void uh, we're gonna keep doing it for at least a little while longer layla where can people find you on the internet I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find my comic at astroheartcomic.com. It will start updating again in the new year now that the election is over. Um, and uh, my essays are at laylamamadova.com slash blog. Uh, the last one was about how I used to hate the 80s because people were obnoxious about the 80s, but now I don't. Um, Aaron, what about you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at AaronSXL, uh, where I tweet about Indiana politics and healthcare. Um, you can also listen to my other podcast, at MBMBF and me, where me and my friend uh, Michael and his brother Josh watch Christian media and either praise or condemn it. Uh, last week, we did a great episode about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and I think this upcoming week, we're going to watch an old um, cartoon that I have not seen yet about uh, the Christmas story of... of um, what what christians in the roman occupation thought that was all about apparently boise Uh, idaho yeah it's gonna be from some wild shit our theme song is obsolete by keshko from the album filmmakers reference kit volume two uh find more of their music at uh, keshko.bandcamp.com all right layla and how uh if we're gonna circle back to the beginning of this episode (laughs) what do we always tell them about this about us and this podcast uh because i thought i was the looks And that's why you're not the one with the brains.